Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. G'day and welcome back to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. Darren Mitchell on this final day of the working week, Friday the 10th of June 2022. And for us in Victoria, we're about to, and I think other states in Australia as well, we're about to enter into a long weekend, being the Queen's birthday weekend, which is pretty strange because the Queen's birthday is actually not this weekend. I think she's already had her, her birthday or it might be later in the year, but hey, this is when we have our Queen's birthday weekend. And uh, for, for us footy fans in Melbourne, big weekend of footy coming up. So um, if you are not experiencing a long weekend this weekend, I trust you have two days of relaxation, regeneration, rejuvenation, and get ready to reload into next week as we approach the end of June. So as we wrap up this particular week, wanted to finalize a conversation I've been carrying, carrying a bit of a theme over the last week or so in relation to account planning and how important it is for us as sales leaders to make sure that our team are spending enough time uh, analyzing their accounts and planning because often if we, uh, and it's an old adage I know, and it's an old cliche, but if we're fa- failing to plan, then in all probability, we're actually planning to fail. And unfortunately, there are so many account teams out there that simply go like a bull to a gate and go straight into implementation of whatever strategy that has been implemented, probably from a company level, and they'll try to retrofit services and products to their customer thinking that the customers will fall all over themselves to purchase their product and why wouldn't they because our companies have a unfortunate bias and that's fine because if you're working for an organization of course you want to think that your company has the best product or the best services but understand this that your customer doesn't necessarily believe you and so there's a lot of work we have to do in terms of planning to make sure that we're positioning ourselves not just as a, a viable supplier but also as a strategic partner of that organization so there is a lot of planning that goes into this to give ourselves the opportunity and therefore the right to be able to serve our customers so in today's episode a follow-up from yesterday where we talked about the curiosity model there's a there's another final piece of the puzzle that i wanted to talk about today and it's it's a key question that i often ask sales leaders and i've been asking my teams uh, when i was in obviously running sales teams as well in terms of if we think about our customer base uh, existing customers but also potential customers uh, there's a there's a very fundamental question that we should be asking which unfortunately a lot of sales leaders don't ask and that is what actually makes your customer attractive? Now, on the surface, it might sound like a, a fairly obvious question, and I often get responses such as, oh, we've got a great relationship, or they come to events, uh, they always are open to having a coffee. Whenever I drop in to see them, they're always making time available to see me. Um, uh, they might promote us internally, etc., etc., etc. But we need to go deeper than this. We need to think about, well, what is it about the relationship that actually makes us makes them attractive and how do we measure this now unfortunately too many sales teams and sales leaders just look at the surface level and they think well they're actually a great uh, great organization they might be an iconic brand and therefore they might be attractive to us they might have good positioning in the marketplace uh, or i might have good contacts within the organization that makes them attractive and they're all well and good but we want to go deeper and part of this is to sit back and think about before we actually interact 
with this organization. And before we build a strategy out, think about what are the, some of the key characteristics that we believe will constitute an attractive customer. So a lot of the time we will look at a customer and think based on what we observe, oh, they're attractive, rather than sitting down and thinking about, okay, what are the key characteristics of attractiveness that we will put in place first? So when we're going out prospecting, when we're going out having conversations with various customers, potential customers, we can now use that as a bit of a filtering process to identify, well, do these customers and potential customers fit the criteria? Do they meet the characteristics of attractiveness for us? And it comes down to what we're actually looking for. So just as an example, and this could be different for different organizations and it could be different for different salespeople. The key thing is, is to sit down and really analyze what is, what is actually attractiveness? What, what makes this customer and this organization attractive to want to do business for us? Now, it'd be things like, and this is by no means an exhaustive list. It could be when it comes to the ease of doing business. How easy is it? to do business with this organization. How responsive are they? So when I actually uh, send an email or when I send some sort of correspondence or when I make a, a phone call to a key executive or a key contact, how responsive are they? How collaborative are they? Are they looking for partnerships? Are they looking for strategic uh, joint venture sort of opportunities? Are they looking for some sort of reciprocal business arrangements? When it comes to payments, right? How, how, how good are they? at paying their bills on time? Uh, have you got opportunities to talk to other suppliers and get a bit of a sense of how often do they pay early versus late? What are some of the challenges there? So there's a whole host of things you might think about in relation to attractiveness. But the key thing is, before we interact with these customers, and again, similar to what we talked about yesterday in relation to the curiosity model, we've got to take our products and services and put it to the side and really think about, if I was doing business with this organization, and if this organization in our eyes was a really attractive um, organization to want to do business with, what are some of the key characteristics that we'd be looking for that we can now measure in terms of determining whether we should move forward and provide opportunities for these customers to purchase our products and services? And so the key thing here is to sit down and really analyze this and also do a rating, a rating scale because if you rate them out of 10, 10 being really, really attractive, one being not attractive at all, then very quickly you can start to disseminate your customer base and thinking about, okay, where do I need to now spend more of my time developing further strategies and maybe being more collaborative in order to actually drive revenue and drive sales to therefore get the results that we need to get. Because far too often sales teams have more of a scattergun approach where they'll just throw mud up on the wall and hopefully some of it's going to be sticking. And hopefully out of the sessions we've had this week in terms of the podcast and the episodes around account planning, we've recognized that, you know what, there's a lot more science that needs to go into this. There's a lot more tangible planning that needs to go into this to stack the odds in our favor in order to get the results that we ultimately want to get. Because sales targets are going to continue to rise. They're not going to go backwards. And I don't know, I don't know any organization that's actually had a year-on-year -year sales target go backwards, go down. So the expectation placed upon us as sales leaders and sales teams is the numbers are going to continue to go north, which means there's going to be more and more pressure applied on us to get results in a quicker fashion. So as sales leaders and sales teams, we need to be a lot more intentional as to how we go about our prospecting, how we go about segmenting our customers, and how we go about identifying what makes them attractive. So if you can sit down and think about what makes your customers and your customer base attractive, what are the core characteristics that you're looking for that in your eyes, in your company's eyes, would equal 
a great strategic customer. Now, whether that be a strategic customer in terms of the volume of revenue they bring in, or the responsiveness, or how they how often they pay and how how quickly they pay, that is totally up to you. But think about what makes them a great strategic customer, and give them that rating out of 10. Now, the other thing to think about is in relation to this is also a thing called triggers. So what are some triggers? And, and when I talk about triggers, these are really changes that are happening in the environment that might be happening to the customer's business or in the environment of the customer's business, such as uh, industry changes, government regulations, very similar to the trading environment that we talked about yesterday in the uh, curiosity model, but more so things that happening that might trigger the customer to want to or need to take some form of action that we may well be able to help with. So as an example, if you happen to be a financial services organization and you know based on the recent increases by the Reserve Bank, the cash rates have increased. Now that is an example of a trigger that's happening in the environment that may actually have a detrimental impact on your customer's ability to do business because what we don't know is what their current financial services provider is providing them and whether in fact they've actually passed on that increase from the Reserve Bank. In most cases it probably has but if you're a financial uh, services institution and you are looking for how you can actually drive a wedge into the marketplace or perhaps add some value then that may well be a trigger that at least opens up a conversation with your customer that might give you a seat at the table. So that's an example of a trigger that's happening that you might be able to you might be able to assist with. So the other key part about this is looking for what is actually happening in the industry that your customers are operating in that may actually be beyond their control, that might have an impact on their ability to do business that you might therefore be able to assist with that gives you that seat at the table. And again, similar to the attractiveness, start to rate the level of triggers between one and 10, 10 being lots of triggers, one being not really many triggers at all, because that will give you another indication in terms of how receptive your customer may well be to a potential conversation. It could be to expand a new product range, it could be to diversify, it could be actually to change suppliers altogether. And if you rate those out of 10, what you'll start to get based on attractiveness and triggers is a matrix that we can place these customers into based on that level of attractiveness and triggers. And so what you'll start to see is if you've got an organization who has a high level of attractiveness, but there are low triggers, it may well actually fall into what we call the strategic zone. And in the strategic zone, we're gonna to have to think about how do we actually drive a wedge into this organization and how do we make it attractive for them to wanna to talk to us? Because right now there may not be many triggers that are happening in the industry that will force them into a conversation. And this is why it's strategic, because we've got to think outside the square as to what will be the catalyst for them to want to therefore have a conversation with us. So this is this strategic zone. Obviously, when there is a high level of attractiveness and there's a high level of triggers that are happening in the marketplace, we call this the, the pleasure zone, because the customers are going to be more highly likely to want to start exploring what's in the marketplace and therefore their receptability to a conversation is going to be higher. So we call this one the pleasure zone. Now we need to understand that in many cases the customers will not necessarily stay in the pleasure zone for long. But what I can tell you is if you've got customers and potential customers that are either sitting in the pleasure zone or in the strategic zone, there is a very, very high probability that you will not only meet your sales targets, you will exceed your sales target. So the key message today is to make sure that you do your analysis based on attractiveness, but also do the analysis based on triggers that are happening in the marketplace. And if you can place your customers in the attractiveness and triggers, which is high, 
then you're going to be in a position to hit and exceed your sales targets. The two areas we need to be really conscious of and uh, not spend too much time in, but unfortunately we can find ourselves sucked into this vortex, is where you actually got low levels of attractiveness and low levels or high levels of triggers. And in the first instance, when there's a low level of attractiveness and low level of triggers that are happening in the industry, this is often considered to be the graveyard. And it's very easy to spend time with customers because sometimes customers are coming to you and they're very, very needy, but there's not a lot of uh, attractive traits about this particular customer, but they want you to spend time with them. They want you to provide them with proposals, but those proposals don't necessarily go anywhere. So be very, very conscious of getting sucked into the vortex of the graveyard. Uh, the other one is there may be a lot of things happening within the industry that is impacting your customers or potential customers' ability to do business, but from your perspective, they're quite low in terms of their attractiveness. This is often known as the zone of quicksand. So they can, again, suck you into a little bit of a false sense of security. They might appear to be quite needy. They might appear to be very interested. There's a lot of stuff happening Often there'll be a lot of tire kickers that'll be looking for information from you based on your experience in the industry that they can leverage off, but they won't necessarily do anything with it. So you can end up spending a lot of time spinning your wheels, and this is why we call it the quicksand, where there's a low level of attractiveness, but the triggers in the business or the triggers in the industry are quite high. So uh, when it comes to your account planning, as we wrap up this particular episode, think about your customer base. Think about the customer's in your industry that you are prospecting for and really spend some tangible and quality time identifying what are the key characteristics from our organization's point of view, but also from your perspective in terms of what would constitute an attractive customer and start measuring your customers against those to identify how attractive are these organizations and how unattractive are they, which will then help you determine where your time is going to be spent. Because as I said earlier, our sales targets are continuing to go up, so we have to be very, very conscious of the amount of time that we allocate to various customers, and we do not want to be caught up in the graveyard or in the quicksand where the customers and potential customers are literally sucking the life out of us and we're not getting any return on it. So I trust that, uh, I trust that helps. Thinking about what is it for you makes your customers attractive, but also thinking about what are the things happening in the industry that could trigger a conversation with you. So a key reminder before we head into the weekend, if you're committed to taking your sales leadership to the exceptional level or, and or you need some assistance with your sales team and helping them drive their performance to a whole new level, love to sit down and have a conversation with you to see how I might be able to help you. Uh, I'm taking on a couple of new clients uh, towards the middle to back end of June, so there's a couple of spots available. If you're one of those people who are committed to taking your sales leadership to the exceptional level and you'd like some help to fast track that development, then I love the opportunity of having a chat to see how I might be able to help. Simply go to my calendar at leadwithdarren.com. Pick a time that suits. We'll jump on Zoom, have a conversation about where you're at, what you're looking to achieve. We'll put a plan together and let's get started to put that plan into execution mode. So I look forward to that conversation and as always, look forward to sharing with you on the very next episode of the Exceptional Sales Leader Podcast. All the best. Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it. But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.